up, everybody? Welcome to Band, the real-life misadventures of Rick Dunsford and friends. I'm Dusty Bones, and please welcome the man of the show, your host, Rick Dunsford. Hey, guys. I'm Rick Dunsford. Welcome to the show. Uh, have you guys ever heard this show before? We hope so. We really do. If you're on episode 15, you probably have already. So, Yeah, this is... This is one of those shows we're not far enough in that you can't go back and binge because we were doing 30 minutes up to the point that we stopped editing and started doing live to tape. And uh, I like this a whole lot better. Yeah, and plus, like, some of these stories, man, it's just so hard to fit all this, uh, it's so hard to fit the story in just in a 30-minute period, you know? Like, yeah. We're still technically a 30-minute show. Like, that's our minimum window that we shoot for. But that I don't think is going to happen today, because it sure did not happen last week. Um, uh, last, last week, week like a, like an hour, like four minutes, I think. Last week, I don't remember how long was it. I can look it up real quick. Um, it was over an hour. Week, yeah, it was an hour and four minutes. That's right. Um, we started the conversation uh, leading to how Rick gets banned. So this is part two of that story that we're going to be getting into today. But, uh, before we go on, uh, did you get any feedback from last week's episode that you want to share? Yeah, I actually got, uh, quite a few questions about, uh, it was ironic because it's just one thing everyone was, people were asking about was, uh, Axel's bus belonging to Justin Bieber at one point. And I'm like, is that what you got out of last week's episode? All right. You know? <laughs> That's all you took away, huh? Yeah, you know, like, uh, you just ignore all the nice shit that Fernando did for me at one point. Or <laughs> <laughs> Never mind he meets Axl Rose in this story. Well, you know, like, it's like, but yeah, the Red Bus did belong to Justin Bieber. So, you know, that was, that was, I guess a lot, that's the story a lot of people didn't know about, man, which is, uh, it's interesting, you know, like, I remember when I found out about it, I was like, yeah, that's that's actually pretty interesting, you know. So I like I like. The- How did you find out that uh, this was Justin Bieber's tour bus? Because apparently this wasn't something that was out there in the community. Well, um, anytime like uh, whenever I go to a GNR show or whatnot, I'm I talk to like everyone, you know. I try to talk to anyone or everyone, you know. And I'm I'm always like always like to learn something new every time I go or something, you know. Like I always just like to learn something a lot of people don't really know about, you know, always ask weird questions and stuff. So, um, you know, someone that was involved with the GNR uh, crew, you know, I don't want to release any names or anything like that, but uh, I remember they were telling me uh, about uh, Axel's bus, you know, uh, belong used to be, uh, was Bieber's old bus. And uh, so uh, then at a different point in time. I and was, it was uh, a, it was a member of like one of the people that set up the stage, the road crew or whatever they're called. It was someone that worked, yeah, someone that worked with GNR uh, directly, you know, on uh, on Axel's end. Um, oh, okay. And um, so then what happened was, uh, you know, I was in line at another show, and then you know, you always have these. Uh, uh, let me polite way to put it, you know, uh, you have these uh, groupies or whatever, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that uh, that like to tell their stories about uh, their time with Axel or whatnot, and. Uh, I don't know who it was, or I guess it doesn't really matter who it was, but there was this, there was this girl that was telling me about, um, she was waiting outside to meet Axel and, uh, everybody was at this one door that he was, that they thought he was going to come out of. Well, she went around to the other side and then they, she saw his entourage coming out of this door and it was snowing and, uh, Axel divided them on the bus for a minute, you know, to get a picture or whatnot. And, and that's apparently that's the story Axel likes to tell that this is Beeb's old bus, you know. So, <laughs> and it uh, the story matched with what I was told from uh, you know, someone that worked with the band. So, uh, that's uh, you know, it's the exact same story, you know, that uh, you know, and I came from Axel, the AD director, I heard, and, and also this came from uh, a member of uh, the GNR crew. So, yeah, that's if you'd have heard those out. two out of order, though, you probably wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, I would have been like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> But, uh, you know, and then later on, you know, uh, I had another source to tell me the same thing, you know, so it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's legit, dude. Uh, yeah, it was Bieber's old bus, and it's, I think it's so damn funny, though, like. Was, was there anything we need to touch on before we move on to part two of the story that we forgot to talk about last week? 
Um, you know, I think we covered like last week was just kind of like a uh, learning uh, learning about the parties that are going to be evolved. You know, the, in the story later on. So I think we pretty much covered. You know, like uh, we're meeting the, the cast of characters for the. Yeah, is there anything that you could think of that I might have left out? No, no. I was just thinking if you've had a week to reflect on it, that you might have thought of something that you wish you would have told or something in that way. In that period. No, I, no, I think that I think we got it covered pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, but right. but this week, you know, uh, this is uh, we're going to dig it, dig into the uh, black market, the uh, yes of Guns N' Roses. Uh, so, um, you know, like a my, lot. A lot of people aren't going to know what we're talking about, though, when we say the black market. So let me let me get a setup, and we'll go we'll go into what's going on today. So this is part two of how Rick got banned. Uh, like we said last week, you met Team Brazil. You kind of met everybody. Is at this point in the story, you know Rick's relationship with everybody that is uh that we're going to talk about in this show there's a lot of people that are involved in the next couple of parts of the story that we're just not gonna mention and that's just the way of it so we're gonna talk about some people's actions we'll talk about where they fall into the story but there are people involved in this that we're not going to mention uh, we're not about bullying anybody. We're not about shit talking anybody in the fucking community and stirring up, stirring up trouble. We're a couple of guys with a podcast trying to tell a good story. So if, uh, that's what you're listening for today, you're going to be, uh, disappointed. However, if you're listening to hear, uh, the next chapter, which solely revolves around, a show that was nearly a very important historical show with Guns N' Roses that was almost lost forever. And that would be the House of Blues 2001. So, so there we go. Back. Good setup now. Yeah, I'm, like, what's so crazy about this House of Blues show, man, like, for some reason, this is, has always been an obsession of mine. I've always wanted to see this. I've, uh, it's been a show that's just, uh, I remember ever since I saw Rock and Rio 2001, um, you know, they had that little cartoon at the beginning. Uh, it's talking about, you know, Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this was like two weeks after New Year's. And I'm like, God, I really want to see this damn show, man. And uh, I know that we, I know at one point it was supposed to be released on DVD or, and whatnot, but I know that that ended up not happening. And uh, come to find out years later, uh, after I obtained it, um, that it was uh, it was never released because um, I did talk to people that worked with the band at the time was because of Slash and Duff. They blocked the release of this DVD. Huh. Um, you know, and then if you look back, like uh, a lot of, you know, it was like the ongoing war between uh, Axel, Slash and Duff. You know, they would block Axel and Slash, especially block each other from releasing anything GNR related, you know, like. Slash couldn't release uh, live GNR recordings of, uh, you know, and then uh, every time Axel would try to release something, you know, it's just, they would always butt heads with it, you know, but yeah, I guess I kind of, uh, I guess that's the reason why that wasn't released. But, um, so this story right here um, takes us to, uh, we're going to go all the way to St. Louis, uh, GNR's return to St. Louis. Um. And I originally did this. Uh, I originally told you were were you at that show? Yes, I was. I went to. Uh, I dr- yeah, I went to that show. Uh, because St. Like, Louis, Missouri, two thousand sixteen. Was it sixteen or seventeen? I don't remember. It was uh, maybe seventeen. Yeah, it was. Uh, they played the. Uh, what the hell is the name of that arena? Uh, a stadium. I don't uh, know. I was there though. Are you serious? Yes, I was at that show. Did you get a poster? Uh, I did not get a poster. I won my tickets off the radio, actually. Uh, I actually won tickets to that show, too, uh, from uh, some flower. Uh, uh, they had some kind of promotion on this uh, where you buy flowers. I think it might have been for like Valentine's Day or whatever. But if you buy these Guns N' Roses flowers from this flower site, uh, you'll get free tickets to a, uh, a GNR show. It was at the Dome, yep. uh, July twenty seventh, 2017. Yep, uh, I'll 
Yeah, so it wasn't Valentine's Day. It was some kind of flat. It, was some, it might have been like a Mother's Day promotion. I don't know. It was some kind of fucking promotion that I want tickets, but they were like shitty tickets. I already had me a pit ticket. But, um, but yeah, so I went to this show. and um, I can't now, believe you're at that show and we hadn't talked about that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was there that night. Dude, where were you at? Were you in the pit or were you? Like, oh, I was in the I was in the back. I was in the nosebleeders for this one uh, because I won my tickets off the radio. Anytime I think my local radio station knows who I am and knows that I'm a big GNR fan, uh, because anytime there's a Guns and Radio Radio Guns and Roses um, uh, concert tribute slash comes to town something like that and they're giving away tickets on the radio i somehow always win (laughs) and i don't always win because i'm like caller number seven caller number 10 i always win because uh actually i don't know because if they don't know who i am i don't think i want to give my secret away but let's just say i have another way uh, I participate in their contest, but I don't call in and all that shit because, like, some things are just not worth the effort, and I just assume pay for the ticket, then fuck with all that. But <laughs> here it is. Look, uh, so it's a it's a it's a Valentine's Day gift from Guns N' Roses. Purchase a not in this lifetime uh, flower set, and a uh, and then you can get a and you'll be gifted with a purchase of a pair of tickets to see Guns N' Roses. So um, I ordered a. So, you know, oh, if it was Mother's Day and your mom, we'll just call her Mama Mama Rick, Mama Rick. <laughs> if if uh, if if it was Mother's Day, Mama Rick is the only mother I know that would be happy to get a bouquet of flowers with some '80s band's logo on it. And I don't think it matters. It could be Kiss. Uh, I know she well, likes Bon Jovi. Well, uh, these flowers I ended up getting them for my wife, you know. So like, cause oh okay, for Mrs. Like, well, Mrs. Does. Yeah, well, so I'm like, well, I have to get her flowers anyway for Valentine's Day. And these are some pretty nice uh, roses. So, you know, I really want to go see Guns N' Roses. So it's like a win-win situation. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so like, I bought these I bought these damn Guns N' Roses flowers. And honestly, now I look back at it, this has got to be some Fernando shit right here. Because <laughs> Guns N' Roses, never, they never released no damn flowers, man. Like, what the fuck is this, man? Like, I'm looking back at it now, dude. I'm like. This is pretty fucking stupid, but I did get some tickets out of it. So <laughs> your yeah. wife had the limited edition flowers. She got the limited edition, not in these lifetime flowers. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Does she know uh, that she got the limited edition, not in this lifetime flowers, or is she going to hear this podcast and be pissed off? No, she knows. Uh, okay. But you know they were nice flowers, uh, and that's uh, so now. Ever since I've got flowers from here, I always anytime I get my wife flowers, I always go through this website because. At first, I was uh, I bought these flowers and I paid this ridiculous amount for them, you know. That, uh, and then they tell me, "We're sorry, uh, we already gave away all the free tickets." And I'm like, "Well, bull fucking shit!" Because this promotion says if I buy these, I will get a pair of tickets. So I want my pair of tickets, or I want my refund. Uh, I'm, so I'm just sitting here fighting with them. Like I've got this full Twitter conversation, and then like a, a, like a week later, they call me and they're like, "Hey, we got you some tickets to St. Louis." I'm like, damn right you do. And then, I'm like, and then when they sent them to me, I'm like, hell, I don't want these damn tickets. These are like the very last row. I'm like, yeah, so. see, you know what? There was a few empty seats beside me. Uh, and I have a feeling that had you taken those tickets, you would have been sitting right by me and my ex-wife. Well, and what's so funny, though, man, it's just like, uh, I don't know. It just seems like, it doesn't seem, was the show enjoyable from like being in the seat? Because I know every time we see them, uh. we were always in the front. Okay, first off, I will say it's not the same. Not the same by a long shot. Uh, When I go to Chicago, I'm not right up against the stage because being in the pit these days, man, standing there all day, it's just I'd rather get a a little bit back and have a more physically enjoyable experience. Uh, But uh, I enjoyed it. Like, I mean, I was one of the few people, dude, like to me, when I was there, I was so grateful to be going to that show. Cause at that time, uh, I hadn't been married very long when I first got married. Um, my finances, I mean, I'm doing good now, but my finances went right down the shitter. Oh yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> and, um, 
dude, we were broke as fuck, and I hadn't been to a concert in about two years before that. I think the one, the last one I went to was Motley Crue's Farewell Tour, and I got nosebleeders for that. And uh, that was uh, a lot of saving it took to get those shitty tickets. Uh, but I hadn't been, and I was so grateful to be there, and I was just so happy. That like, to me, dude, I was one of the few people, like, I almost fell off of the, down the ramp or the stairs like three or four times. Because I was one of the few people still jumping up and down and singing and all the shit just like I would have done in the front row. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it felt, in a way, it kind of felt like you were watching other people have a concert and not necessarily getting a concert. It's kind of like, uh, I used to have a friend that lived next to uh, the drive-in movie theater. And if you went on his roof, you could uh, see the movie, and they were doing it by radio by then. So you could take like a radio and sit on the roof and turn to the station and then watch the movie for free. But it was so far away that the screen looked like maybe about that big. You could still tell what's going on, and it was still free, but then you could also see all the cars and all the people. So it kind of felt more like you were watching people watch a movie than it felt like you were watching a movie. It was kind of like that. Like You could see all the people dancing and stuff that you normally don't see from the front row because you forget they're back there, so you just act crazy and shit, at least for me. Yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, so in a way, it felt like watching other people have a concert. But I was grateful for KCMQ shout out getting me those tickets, and uh, I, I I had a blast. Now the second time I saw this lineup, I, I I was less impressed, and I was closer to the stage then. But by then. I'd watched all the bootlegs on Facebook or whatever. I'd seen, uh, which by the way, you were, we talked about last week, you were the trendsetter for, now everybody's doing it on Facebook. (laughs) I'll tell you you something we didn't talk about with your uh, live streams, what it led to. We never finished that story. We was, because that's not the story we were telling, but uh, I don't know when we talk about it again. But you doing those live streams actually got a reaction from the band. Do you remember what that was? Oh, was it a tweet problem? No, it was the pay-per-views. Oh, yeah, dude. I, uh, they yeah, never they... did live streams on the internet before. <laughs> yeah, they did. And... Uh, we, yeah, I remember they did a live stream from the Chicago show, the pay-per-view Chicago, uh, 2012. And they did a couple from the joint. Yep. And... Yeah. Um... I think they did a yeah. They used to do a. I forgot what the name of that website was. I, I remember I bought every one of them that they did. Oh yeah, and I was I, at your house every time. <laughs> yeah, we're like, all right, let's. It's gonna be a late night here, guys. It's uh, except Chicago. I mean, obviously. Yeah, we were there. And you even one. bought Chicago, and we taped it and watched it later because there's a version. I don't. I don't know where you'd find the original version. The version you sent me has the front where we're waiting. Uh, where we're waiting on uh, Axel to come out. Or waiting on the show to start, and they started the broadcast, and they were just showing the stage in like a graphic, but you could hear us like the crowd and stuff. And we had a friend named Casey. Yeah. And uh, he started tweeting us because we were talking and shit, and we didn't realize that the microphone for the pay per view was like right there by us. And Casey was like, "Guys, can you say something?" So because I think I hear you guys talking, and we were like, "What?" And then that's what, you know, when he, yeah. so we started going, Hey, Casey. And he goes, Oh shit, it is you guys. He's like, yeah, yeah, I heard you. And so, yeah, I do remember that. Cause, uh, yeah, I do remember being, we were right there in the front. Uh, and it, yeah, all the equipment was right there, like right beside us. So you could definitely hear us. Uh, and we were, I remember we we're holding up our, our hands, our phones and all this stuff, you know, so you could really see where we were on it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, that, yeah, that is true to that. Uh, I don't know if that's the reason why they started doing it, but I know that, uh, you know, like, it, I know. It makes too much sense to me. Because Fernando knew because he brought you the batteries when your stream started to die. Yeah. And then he would get a lot of tweets and shit every time you would do it. And then all of a sudden, like, the next week, like, they put this together like that. 
Yeah, they did that up close tour. Um, and they were like, what show do you guys want to see on pay-per-view? And I was like, well, it needs to be Chicago because that's what I'm going. That's what we're going to. So we're like, <laughs> we went to Chicago. Chicago won. And we're like, yes. That's so, one that- good thing is that we have a pro shot of a show that we were at. And a show that if it wouldn't get to get the pay-per-view because of some asshole, we wouldn't have got to see the last three songs. Yeah, fuck that guy. Some asshole had to go fucking die. Oh, Fuck up man. the whole night. The one time I had a Hilton. <laughs> I know, dude. We, we I'll never that. forget that it was a Hilton, man. And I remember because you did some lottery hotel no, website where you got to pay hot for wire. it. Yeah, hot, hot wire? wire. Yeah, okay. I use hot wire every time, dude. Because, because it's just like, where, where am I staying tonight? Oh, shit, the Hilton, all right, let's do this. Because uh, I was at your house, and you go, dude, we got a Hilton, and I jumped up off the couch. <laughs> and we never got to enjoy it. Fucking Bronson did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that wrote to himself, dude. That was so damn funny. And we're like, we had that uh, hospital. But yeah, uh, And then he said he came out looking for us after you collapsed and everything at the hospital. And then we get home and watch the pay-per-view, and you just see that motherfucker right there in our spots. He moved over to our spots. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, that was a, I want to go back and watch Chicago now, dude. I haven't watched that in a little bit. <laughs> now, I've got like a damn hard drive just full of every show that uh, this known has been recorded, dude. Like I've got like nice. hundreds, hundreds of damn shows. But yeah, the, uh, getting so back I, on track though. So yeah, like uh, so I go to you know I'm at the St. Louis show. Uh, you know I'm out hanging out, uh, and I'm actually uh, waiting uh, at the at the merch truck because you know going to see GNR is is a very expensive hobby, very expensive hobby. So <laughs> yeah, you know so I'm going to get me I want to get me some lithographs and I want to pay for my trip with these lithographs, you know. And oh, I'm yeah. like, so I'm in line, you know, I'll give you about three, about five lithographs. And then, um, but anyway, I meet this, uh, I meet this, I meet this one guy in this line. And, um, so we're sitting there hanging out and then he's playing me, um, he's playing me, uh, a, a, a re-recorded version of, Oh my God. He's playing me Silkworms, the studio version of it. And then, uh, playing me the remix of this. I love. And, you know, it's my first time hearing these tracks, and I'm like, "What the fuck? How'd you get these?" And uh, so, anyway, you get I get this whole BS story from him and how he got them, which was not true. But uh, anyway, but we kept in touch. So uh, this I, is the this is the ones that um, we heard in Vegas, right? That 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 uh, snippets had leaked, yeah, to prove that they were real, yeah. Uh, Years before this, in like 2013, 14? Yeah, yeah, they were, uh, yeah, because they were, uh, they were sensitive to some, I guess the mods on my GNR or whatever, and then somehow or another they got leaked. Um, but yeah, so me and this, uh, me and this one cat kept in touch, and, uh, and you know, and it wasn't really about trying to get the tracks or nothing, you know, it's just, just being a GNR fan, you know, it's just, we just taught GNR and just, you know, and I would, but he played the tracks for you to let you yeah. listen to. Him. Yeah, yeah, I heard them, and I'm like blown away by them. And uh, you know, I wanted them, and I especially wanted, so, that. Oh my god! Yeah, so I really started digging. You know, I started really like digging deep, trying to find out more about these tracks, and uh, trying to find out, you know, how where they came from. And whenever I'm like really committed to trying to find something, you know, like I usually get pretty. I'm usually pretty successful finding out more about it. You know, but um. So a few months later, well, it might have been about a good bit later. You know, it was uh, well, probably about five or six months. Um, he he calls me up and says, because uh, uh, I talked about the House of Blues show a lot to this person. I talk about it to everyone that uh, you know, that I make friends with at, at these shows. You know, because um, yeah. it's like my favorite. It's like the one show I really want to fucking see. Um, and then he tell, he tells me, hey, I want to send you something, but don't share it. And I'm like, okay. And he sends me this clip of uh, Riyadh and the Bedouins. And it's like a 15-second clip, pro shot. And I knew immediately that this was from the House of Blues because, you know, it's it's obviously 2001 Axel. Uh, Robin had a spaceman suit on. (laughs) And uh, and then, uh, you know, Rio, they didn't play Riyadh. Uh, They played it at the House of Blues. So 
you know, immediately I knew that that was it. Um, it's so an easy just, song to find, to pinpoint a location for its recording because it's been played so few times. Yeah, uh, I've never seen that song play live, actually. So I've seen most of the Chinese play live, but that's the one song I've never seen play live. So we go up. So he sends me that uh, clip, and it tells me that uh, he's the guy trying to sell it to him wants, uh, I believe what he said was $8,000, some stupid amount. Uh, it told me if I wanted to contribute to it, that I, you know, that I could pay for uh this amount you know and then uh, i would get it well uh, i'm not gonna sp- i don't know people think it's crazy to spend thousands of dollars on just a fucking video but i really wanted this damn video and this is part that like no one really knows about here but so i ended up uh, i have a i have these uh i have a group of friends in the gnr community very private that uh that were at that was at the show and i reached out and I will not tell any names or anything about these people, but I reached out to them and we all kind of raised money together, you know, uh, very privately underground. We, uh, we all, we had a big group we all contributed to. And then we sent this individual, my, uh, my part for this, uh, for this file. Well, well, so before I- we continue, before we continue, let's pause on that story. Because now you've paid for uh, you've paid for the House of Blues. You've contacted the person who had it, and you paid for what and they supposedly, asked for. They supposedly had it, you know. Yeah, I paid. Yeah. Well, we're going to get back to that in just a minute. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the House of Blues and why this. Because for somebody out there that's listening, that may, I mean, if you're listening, to this, you're probably big in the GNR community. But for the 1% of people that's listening to the show that don't know, like, what's the big deal? It's just a fucking pro shot concert. Um, I think we've already said this was the first time, first time ever, right? Yeah. That that this Guns N' Roses lineup with Buckethead and everybody played together. It was never released to the public, but one thing we haven't talked about is that the tapes, the master tapes of the show were ordered to be destroyed. Yes, they were, yeah, they were ordered to be destroyed. Uh, they were, um, so this is where the story is. The story is so weird because like this part of the story, like that information comes after all the fucking drama, you know, like it's just, uh, the, by the timeline of this shit is just so messed up, man. But yeah, so um, well, it's real life. It's not, yeah, you know. When... Yeah, it was, uh, you know, like because I'm, I went into this thing very blind. Just the only thing I wanted was the only my only thing I wanted was just this video. That's all I wanted. I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted this video, and that's the people that were involved on my end, my private group that I had contributing to this. Um, I call them the HOB 20 because it was about, it was about 20 of us all together. Uh, you know, and if we made it, also, <laughs> well, you know, cause like, why, why spend thousands of dollars? Why, why should one person spend thousands of dollars, you know, where we could just get a group of people and we all just do maybe like two, three hundred dollars each and then make it eat, make it more affordable, you know? Um, and that's just the way I've, I've always been with this stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so I, uh, so we had this HOB 20 group, uh, very, like I said, I will not tell any, no one will know anything about these people, but uh, we all set the money over. We raised it. And uh, I remember I was, uh, whenever I paid it, I was supposed to get it about a week later because what happened was the guy who supposedly had this was, uh, there's going to be a guy from Japan that's supposed to be flying in that has this tape because apparently this tape came from a, uh, some merchandising uh, warehouse that uh, in Japan that had the only promotional copy of this tape. It was their original VHS tape. There was one. There, <laughs> there was one tape in all of existence of this show <laughs> that almost got destroyed as well. But had this one tape got eat by a VCR uh, been left in the car put in storage 
And then in a fucking damp attic and forgot about. Placed next to a magnet or a computer. Like, there's so... Tape is so fragile. Like, and this one... This 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 copy of this document of this concert, the only document that exists, is in that one tape. I just that that, that to me is the most mind boggling part of the of, of the whole fucking story. That's why I really wanted to hammer that in. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it's like only one dude. There's like only one left. Uh, yeah, so it came from Japan. So the story that I got was the guy. A guy in Japan found just found it. So another cat in Australia helped this guy in Japan convert the tape over. Uh, so apparently the tape was stolen from, uh, I'll guess maybe a, a, some, something like Amazon or something. You know, some kind of a business out, you know, major business that just had it in storage. Um, the tape got converted. Um, the file was sold to someone in America, uh, but but at the time. It was a, the story that I was told was when I sent the money to this guy that I met, he uh, he was supposed to meet with uh, someone who's supposed to be flying in. He's supposed to bring him to his apartment. They're supposed to make the exchange, give him this money, and then the, he'll get the tape. Then I, then he's going to send me a copy of the tape. So I remember I was on my way to Atlanta, Georgia to go see Sum 41, and I was keeping in touch with this guy, figuring out, you know, like, when am I going to get this tape? I'm, you know, it's, it's the week's up right now. He's already has he already has the money, and uh, you know, it's just kind of like I kind of got this weird feeling that it was just uh, I felt like there was some kind of screw job starting to happen. You know, because I said how the money long had on, it been before you started getting suspicious? A week. It was about a, a week. week. Okay, yeah. so how much money did you send him? Was it two thousand? It was like twenty five hundred somewhere twenty five. It was between twenty five hundred to three thousand. It was somewhere in that range. Uh, I have to go back and look at the archives, but it was a uh, yeah. It was a good. It was a good bit, you know, just for a video file. Um, yeah. So he. Uh, so every time I asked about it, uh, he kept putting it off, like excuse after excuse after excuse. And uh, so when I really started pushing hard on it uh, to hold me over at the time. He said, hey, uh, I'll, I'll send you something to kind of hold you over for a little bit. So he would send me uh, Silkworms and Oh My God. Okay. And uh, this I love remix. So I got I started getting all these tracks in that I didn't ask for, I didn't pay for, that uh, all I wanted was the House of Blues. So yeah, I was pretty happy about it. I got the tracks, but all I wanted was the House of Blues. But it wasn't what you paid for. So, you know, I kept waiting. And, uh, you know, like it, at this point, you know what I mean? Another week went by. And then the guy just started ignoring me, straight up started ignoring me, uh, didn't respond to me. Uh, I would uh, spoof text him with another, and then he, I would spoof text him with a different number, and then he would reply to that, and I'm like, okay, well, why the fuck is he not replying to my text now? So right. that's when I, I started realizing, hey, this is, I'm, being, I'm being screwed right now. So yeah. uh, <laughs> so what I did was, uh, I, if I feel like I'm being screwed, dude, I'll take it to extreme levels, dude. I contacted uh, PayPal. Before you go on, before you go on, I got one one more question. Yeah, what's up? You don't have to answer. All right. How much did you personally have in this? Uh, probably. I'm just curious. Like, how much did Rick put into the pool? You don't have five hundred, five six hundred, maybe somewhere around that, dude. Like, it was a. That makes it a little more reasonable, though. Yeah, it's more reasonable, you know, like because no one in the right mind will spend like that. The amount that I was told at first, no one's gonna spend that amount on it, dude. Like, right? You know, I was just curious. You like, like, yeah. I mean, you obviously answered, but I mean, if you didn't want to, you didn't have yeah. to. I was just curious. Yeah. So, like, you know, I contact PayPal and I explained to him, you know, like uh, I bought. Uh, I pretty much told him, you know, like I bought this fucking Guns N' Roses video and I haven't gotten it yet, and I felt like I'm being uh, ripped off here. So they put me in touch with the uh, the FBI cybercrime unit uh, oh. because, dude, I swear to you, man, it was like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I have to contact these people about it. You have to get the FBI involved when you're buying a show that's probably of 
questionable legality in any fucking Yeah, this is the black market we're dealing with here, bro. So this is like this is like a lot of shit that people don't even realize that goes on. You know, like it's like a very small group in the GNR community that goes that never seeks this shit out, you know. So uh so anyway, I'm I'm getting ready to file this report and all that. And I remember this uh the guy, you know, I remember he mentioned his friend that uh that's also known to have a lot of uh these unreleased stuff, you know, tracks and stuff like that. Uh I mean, I guess we'll call him uh, the. I don't King know what to Pan. call. Him. Yeah, we'll the call King him the King Pen. Yeah, we'll call him King Pen or something. You know, so from Spider Man. At least <laughs> so, he, he gets a cool bad guy. He's definitely the villain in this story. Oh, so in in your mind, as you're listening to Rick tell the story, imagine. Oh, I got one. Uh, Don Vito from The Godfather. Or, so, uh, you know, like I, I'm not here like to. I'm not here like to bash people or. Uh, I'm well, not anything. bashing anybody, but I mean, I'm, it's the story. I mean, yeah, I'm just kind of like, it's what happened. I'm going to just shoot it straight. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, uh, certain people I won't give names for. I won't uh, give them the, the exposure that they're so desperately seeking uh, through any platform. But we're not I'm calling going. anybody out, though. Like, no. I, uh, I don't think. I mean, so anyway, we'll just say guy, Kingpin and be done with it. Yeah, so I reached out to this, uh, to this one guy that I knew uh, he was friends with. Uh, I reached out to him. I said, hey, do you know how to get in touch with... Uh, St. Louis uh, guy. St. Louis guy. And uh, he started questioning me, why do, you, why do you need to get in touch with him? And I told him that I sent him some money for a uh, for, for uh, something GNR related, and I have yet to receive it. So he's so his curiosity really peaked right there. Uh, I could tell that he was involved with this somehow because of the questions he was asking and asking me to call him. So, oh, so he wanted you to call him personally. Yeah, so uh, I FaceTimed him. and uh, So you, you went to the boss. Yeah, well, I, went to, uh, I, went to, I went to this Kingpin cat. And uh, it's my first time ever interacting with him or talking to him. Um, and I explained the whole situation that, you know, this uh, St. Louis guy uh, told me that uh, he has the House of Blues. He sent me this clip. And so Kingpin goes on to tell me that he's the one that actually bought it. He's the one that has it. And that uh, St. Louis dude has been trying to get it from him, but he refused to sell it to him. So uh, then he goes to show me the video clip on his, we were FaceTiming. He goes on to show me this video clip. And then I remember I go grab my wife's phone and I'm sitting there like videotaping it from the side, you know? And I'm like, you know, the, <laughs> no, so I can like make, so I go back and watch it, make sure. But you got people clip. too that are that are expecting this clip from you. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm looking like the asshole here because I haven't delivered this video here. But and here's the thing: like, all these people that are involved. I I sent them every screenshot. I sent them every file that I got that was involved. You know, like, I, you know, I didn't have to send well, it. Fucking guys. good. Like, you know, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I just sent, uh, I sent them everything that I got. So uh, anyway, go to find out, you know, that the St. Louis guy never even had it. He doesn't even have it still. He's just sitting on my money. So what got Kingpin nervous was whenever I mentioned that I got the FBI cybercrime unit involved. And he's he started telling me, get call them off. Call up, just drop that. Call it off. I'll get you the file. I'll get you the file. And um, you know, then I and then uh you know, but this person didn't know that I had all these other tracks that he sent me, you know. So mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I get a package in the mail about a week later, uh, the USB that contained the House of Blues, and uh, so the I sent the I sent the file to this uh, to this group that that contributed, and uh, everybody's happy. This is supposed to be the end of the story. Everything's good, you know. So um, anyway, so I talked. Talk- Was it everything you dreamed of? Let's before before we talk about how it all got goes to hell. <laughs> Rick's got his tape. And uh, what did Mrs. Dunsford think about this situation? Well, at first, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't real bad at first, you know. Like uh, it was kind of like first, you know, I thought I was getting ripped off, and then somehow or another, it got saved, you know. Because I'll say this: Kingpin did uh, did save the day, you know. what I mean, by sending the file, but and he did get a lot of money for it. But <laughs> the story's about to get really fucking weird. And it's about to get really fucking confusing now. Because come on, is, tell me what tell me what your wife said. Come on. All right. Well, 
she didn't really have a whole lot to say about it. She was just she was kind of happy that I uh, got the show because she knew how, how much I loved it, you know. But she gets, she, she she care less about Guns N' Roses, dude. She, <laughs> she 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 hates them, dude. Like no lie, dude. She she can't stand them because of this uh because of all this BS that I, this happened. But well, na- well now I get that. But like she didn't did you, did she know how much money was involved? Yeah, uh, she knew that. Uh, yeah, she knew how much money was involved, but she knew that it wasn't like uh, it wasn't solely me doing it all. So, okay. you know, so yeah, it was a. Yeah, she knew she knew a little bit of story, and uh, the reason I ask is because you, you, any guy that's been married knows, you know, you make a big purchase, you either gotta clear it with the misses, or you gotta be able to doctor your books really well. <laughs> to. Well, see, I, well, see, that's why I like. That's why I do it the way I do it, man. That's why you get like uh, this group of uh, c- contributors. You know, what I mean, that want to help, that want to cope, that don't want to publicly be involved. You know, like cause yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much like the face of it. You know, where I just seek it out. You know, I do all the legwork, I do everything to get it. You know, and then I have these private contributors. You know that uh, also since she, since she's not a fan. Like it's kind of it's kind of funny to me. Like really, like her 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 point of view yeah. is like this is really what's what's going on right now. Like seriously, yeah. I remember when I got it, I watched it like over and over. Like I, <laughs> it, it was unreal. Like I had it converted and put it on my phone, you know. So I like I could just watch it like whenever, dude. Like it was my favorite. <laughs> I I was so happy to finally get it. <laughs> So, uh, all right, I'll, I'll let you continue. I just, I, 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 that to me, I thought was going to be well, real funny. So, like after, uh, so after all, after I got the file and everything, uh, the St. Louis guy talked to me again and he's explaining that, uh, you know, said that he didn't get the file and that uh, I told him that uh, I finally told him that I reached out to, uh, you know, Kingpin or whatever and. Uh, because I felt like I was being ripped off files, and uh, that I finally got, I told him that I did get the files, and that uh, kind of find out, you know, this King Kingpin was pissed at this guy because of a, uh, you know, because he was trying to sell his video or whatever, and just trying to, I don't know, dude, it was just, it was kind of pissed off that he was trying to, I guess, feel like he was scamming him, or whatever. So, well, after, he was, uh, yeah. So, I mean... like, so pretty much what happened was uh, the St. Louis dude sent him four thousand dollars. You know, which over half of it was uh, came from me. You know, and uh, so uh, Kingpin sent me the files, but says that he's not giving this other guy anything. You know, because of uh, everything that happened. You know, so I was my th- my thought was, well, fucking, I was kind of, <laughs> well, I mean, dude, I was I kind of felt bad for the guy because you know I knew that he at least had a thousand contributed into this and that it was just kept. You know. Uh, so what I told him, you know, look, uh, even after all the shitty stuff he did, you know, ignoring me and all that, I still got some tracks from him, you know, and stuff. So I told him, you know, look, I'll send so you. You, you the, felt guilty. Yeah. So I, I, I told him, look, I'll give you, I'll send you this, this file, which was the iPhone file that I put on my phone, which was like the 1.6 gigabyte version of it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which he, I sent him that because the original file was like 10 gigabytes. I was about to say, that makes a lot of sense, because when that video started to appear in other places, I was like, why is it such a big deal, the quality? How did that come about? Yeah, I, I just made a version for my phone, dude, and then that's the version I sent to this uh, St. Louis cat. Okay. Um, I was just curious. Yeah, so after that, um, uh, some, you know, like, somehow or another, just the track started leaking random stuff started leaking uh I, i'm not sure what how i'm not sure where everything came from or how it started leaking uh but uh but before the leak started happening i did uh i did contact uh fernando and i kind of gave him a heads up about it um and i briefly i told him you know look uh I'm gonna give you a friend. I just want to tell you that the House of Blues 2001 show is, po- is probably going to be leaking here soon. Uh, that it's been sold, and before I would tell him any more, I just I I want some reassurance that this is not going to backfire on me. Um, Fernando goes, sent me this message saying that 
never in a million, never would I ever go after a real fan. You know that. Uh, keep that in mind later on in part three. Yeah, definitely keep that in mind, and uh, I will send you over the screenshots of this conversation that me and Fernando had with this uh, about the House of Blues. So, uh, you know, like because my last thing I want to do was anyway was damage the band or hurt them in any way, but uh, right, you know. So I gave him the heads up. I gave him all the information they could he could possibly. I gave him everything that I gave him everything on a silver plate. You know, told him where everything came from, how it happened, and here's the people involved. And boom, here you go. You have it right now, bro. Minus uh, the uh, minus the investors. Yeah, minus minus the investors. I would never. You know, like I said, I'm not going. No, they're not even really a part of it. Really, just you know, they're just silent. That, but uh, so we get. Uh, I sent him that. Never heard back from him about it. And uh, you know, oh my god, this all up. Everything just started leaking. And uh, I remember I got some crazy threats from uh, these guys. Uh, I was on vacation in uh, Gatlinburg. Um, I remember I was laying down and then I get these messages talking about, you know, uh, you care about your kids. You, you answer the damn phone, whatever. I'm like, damn, is this a threat? Like, uh, I, I remember kinda, this happening by the way. And I was just kind of stunned that like the, you know, like the, these people are really like making threats like this, you know, cause I took it as a threat with the messages I got, you know, now yeah. it'll be a. Uh, you talk to these and uh, the other parties involved. They're going to say that it was a. Uh, the story's a little different, you know. I guess the, the, it, I, I took it the wrong way, but you know when I see you know if you care about your kids, you answer the phone, and then whenever threats made to like physically harm me, because uh, I got uh, different kind of threats, you know, like uh, through all this. No shit. motherfucker, fuck you. That's a threat. What? Yeah, uh, you know I was. I kind of left a bad taste. Well, I just wanted to, I wanted nothing more to do with a lot of these people. Uh, but, uh, so I did a, you know, I did a podcast about it called, uh, you know, with, uh, Rando, uh, and, you know, we went into depth talking about it and, yeah. uh, you know, but so that got taken off the internet because of, uh, the problems it caused for, uh, him, you know, and his work, uh, because I, I don't know what the deal is. A lot apparently the story was a lot of people were pissed off at the story getting out. You know, it's such a public platform. You know, but now that's why we're record we're retelling the story. You know what I mean? Because it needs to be the, heard. You know. Well, the original podcast telling the story is um, no longer available. It's been yeah. removed. So, uh, so this is this is the way you're going to hear about the House of Blues now. But, um, you know, so like. That's uh after uh so after this drama went real public uh you know because the one way that I protect myself you know I'm just you know people want to make threats towards me people want to attack me or try to screw me over or whatnot dude I'll just put them on blast I'll just throw it out there online and just let uh you know see let people see what kind of what kind of shit I'm dealing with to get this shit you know yeah um. It didn't paint these people in a good light, and uh, these people were really pissed at me for going public with it. I gave zero fucks about it. Uh, still don't care, you know. I felt I did what I felt like I needed to do, but uh, you know. But well, like, after with- after people start, like, there's look, guys, there's a fucking there's a line, like, and fucking with somebody, threatening somebody's fucking children is the goddamn line. And if you don't see how that's the goddamn line, then I, I personally can't speak for Rick. I won't speak for Rick, but I personally have no use for somebody that doesn't understand that. You know, you'd think I would learn my lesson from this fucking crazy story, but, uh, you know, like <laughs> I did. Oh, it gets, but, it gets crazier. So, uh, so anyway, like, uh, after this big like drama story and all that happened, I get contacted on a dude a fucking Skype message from someone in Australia, and uh, they go on to tell me uh, how they go on to tell me about the whole like Amazon, I guess it was in Japan or whatever store it was in Japan that had it. They went on to explain the whole situation about the tape, how it got converted, and that how Kingpin wasn't the one who originally purchased it. That uh, you know, that I, that they're just, I'm being scammed out of money here. You know, that these people didn't really spend all this money on this stuff that, uh, 
but they're profiting off of it or whatnot, you know? Um, so I don't know who the original purchaser is. I believe it, it might be, a. I believe it's a guy out of New York that did, uh, that purchased, uh, I bet he's pissed off right now. <laughs> yes. Apparently he gave it to Kingpin. Kingpin then made $4,000 off of it through me and a St. Louis guy or whatever. That's kind of what I think, uh, from what I've gathered, uh, that's where the story led me, you know. Well, now Kingpin didn't make the money off of St. Louis guy, you know. Like St. Louis guy, did, did, did he give the Kingpin the money? Because Kingpin yeah, kind of he- got fucked here too. At least he, now I'll say this: at least Kingpin was trying to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like he was trying to to hook you up and help you out. Like he he was backed up against a corner. Like his hands were kind of tight. But at least. You know, I said earlier in the episode he's the bad guy, but hearing the story now, he doesn't really seem like the bad guy in this story. No, he's... I mean... I I, I don't see how what he did here... No. ...is wrong. Like, no, it, we got... We had heat, it got heated with us, you know, whenever the... Uh, whenever different threads or uh, stuff like that, but it was kind of like a... St. Louis cat, it was the one that was just really the one who caused all this drama to happen you know yeah. um but but what's funny was like the person who actually purchased this from the from the person who had it in japan or whatever actually lived in uh it was actually a lawyer in uh in new york um oh. and, it's the, and it's the same lawyer in new york that did purchase the original cds of the villa session you know uh which we'll okay, get into fuck it. he's a lawyer episode. i don't feel so bad now yeah, well, so <laughs> so anyway, he's like the—I guess he's like uh, Kingpin's money guy, you know—that will work out whatever amount you know is needed to get the stuff, you know. And, In the wrestling uh, business, we call that a money mark. Yeah, so uh, so apparently Kingpin got the file for free, I guess, and then made four thousand dollars from uh, got got four thousand dollars from uh, the St. Louis uh, guy. And I did, and he did send a screenshot of the PayPal transaction, and that's whenever he got that money. That's when he sent the that uh, USB to me. But uh, so apparently, like this person made four thousand dollars off of me, uh, off of a, off of this whole deal where they didn't really contribute anything to it, you know, because they got it for free. Um, and that's where. Uh, but anyway, this, the files ended up leaking. Uh, everyone's happy with it, you know. Everyone's real happy that they got the files, but. You know, I was I was dealing with the repercussions of uh, these psychotic fans going after me or making threats towards me. You know, it just brought and I met a lot of weird characters in this whole thing, dude. That I didn't even, I didn't even know any of this shit existed in this community, dude. It was so fucking so bizarre. the people the people that are making threats to you, what do they hope to gain here? Are they hoping you'll leak it to the public? No, no, no. Uh, they're, they're they're trying to scare me from leaking it. They're trying to stop me from uh, distributing it at all. Which, you know, like, but right when I got it, it was already distributed to 20 people already, you know? So, yeah. But at this point, you know, I, I don't give up what people do with the file. You know, all I wanted, I wanted it. I wanted to see it, you know, like if, uh, you know, I, I stressed for it not to be leaked, but the the leaker is, uh, was, I believe... The House of Blues. I'm not sure who's who's the leaker. I'm not going to point fingers at anybody for leaking and all that. Uh, I've been accused of it, and that's fine. Uh, you know, like I guess I it is partly my fault. I, I guess was about it is to say you're not denying your involvement or anything. No, I'm definitely 100 percent involved with all this, man. And uh, and that's and I don't care. You know what I mean? If they want to come after me, they can. It, they didn't succeed the first time, so um, yeah. I'm talking about GNR here. <laughs> uh, so uh you know i felt like but i felt like i did the right thing and i did uh give gnr a heads up and i gave them uh everything they needed to know about it to uh you know to prevent it from happening prevent leaks all, all the leaks from happening but again they dropped the ball they they weren't able to prevent it and everything leaked why do you think they are so unresponsive to the situation before well, it got out of hand well, I mean, dude, these guys are busy uh, selling Guns N' Roses flowers. They're busy coming up with these whole <laughs> trucks. I mean, they're busy, dude. dude. They're making children's books, man. They don't have time to deal with uh, unreleased shit. In the and, uh, you got to look at it from that 
standpoint, dude. You gotta understand that. We got a children's book to write here for an '80s band that sings songs about doing coke and fucking. <laughs> There's more important things here than uh, the House of Blues 2001. There's more important yeah. things here than these uh, Chinese uh, outtakes or remixes. You know what I mean? Like we got children's book to worry about, dude. We got toy trucks, dude. This is what the fans want. We don't have time to deal with this drama fueled House of Blues BS that uh, that I. I brought, I delivered to them on a silver platter, man. They don't have time for that shit, dude. And uh, I, I get you it. For that. I get it, man. I get it. Okay, <laughs> it's uh, the fans get it, dude. We all get it. All right, but <laughs> buy your so, toy trucks, everybody, and show yeah. them your appreciation for the band. I'll let them know this. Rick sent you. Yeah, dear God, please let them know I sent you. Uh, <laughs> and for the love of God, check out that the, the children's book. Uh, <laughs> Did you buy enough. that for your babies? Fuck no, dude. It's <laughs> it's about Fernando's kids, dude. That's that's all the that's all the books about is his kids being going on the road with the band. I guess I don't know, dude. It's, it's the whole concept of the that fucking book is so damn stupid, man. Like, uh, I'll give you that. I won't argue that point. It is, you know, like all right, the toy trucks. You know, like I might buy that for my kid, you know, to play with. But like the book, man, come on, like. This is just that is just ridiculous, man. Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of a band doing. Is releasing yeah. a children's book, you know. When, uh, but I you mean, know, like, I'd understand if like Axel wrote the fucking book himself, and this was like some kind of side passion of his is writing children's books, and nobody knows that uh, about him. And then he finally gets to fulfill his dream. That's one thing. Yeah, but like that ain't what happened though. <laughs> so like when you know, but this whole House of Blues deal though, like this was this opened the door for like a much, 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 much bigger uh, shit this this to come. And uh, before we let's let's rewind for a second because I got a question I want to ask about the the remix album and the Silkworms and things. How did that get out? Were you sending that to the people that? Gave you money to try to hold them off, also. Yeah, I do actually. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so when I wasn't getting the House of Blues and I had all these tracks, dude, I straight up went like public with, uh, "Hey, I got some shit to trade," you know, like because I've been like, I felt like I've been screwed here. Well, I'm gonna like just somebody I'm, out there got the House of Blues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm just gonna start trading this shit, you know, and uh, that's where you meet this like. That's that kind of put me down this whole this rabbit hole, dude. That just like I met so many different characters here, and it's just. But it also kind of got me up. Uh, like I said, it just uh, it opened up the door for a lot more shit, though. But you know, but it exposed me for a lot of uh, online abuse that I would definitely and a lot of troll jobs I would get later on. But you know, like whenever I went public uh, about wanting to trade these tracks, you know. Uh, I remember I got threatened with uh, GNR lawyers are not going to be happy about this from uh, the St. Louis guy. Uh, they're, you can't be telling people you have this. Uh, and then uh, Kingpin, when he found out I had it, they were everybody's just really freaking out and pissed about it. And I'm like, what is the big deal here? You know, you don't own these tracks. This is the band's track. Why, why are these yeah, civilians you, you, like freaking out about it that don't work for this band? You know, why are they so like concerned about it? You know, like you do you. I, me, I do me. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. Well, we know now. You know, so but what it like boils down to is like this is a a lot of people are making this is their bread and butter right here. You know, this is a you know the fans are a lot of fans apparently spend hundreds of dollars on these tracks. You know, and then if they're leaked to the public, you know, there's no way to there's no way to make money off these tracks anymore. You know, so I guess yeah. that's what happened, but. uh you know, like I kept getting threatened, like GNR lawyers going to go come after me. I never heard once from a GNR lawyer with this House of Blues stuff or these remixes or anything like that. And I'm like, shit, they want to come after me. Please come after me because uh, I got a hell of a story to tell them, you know? Yeah. And uh, fucking GNR already knew about the story. Well, Fernando already knew about the story. He knew about every detail of the story and he didn't act on it. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it was just, I. I did what I had to do to help. I did what I did to help the band, you know, and they didn't accept the, the help. And then the leaks happened, you know, when they could have, they could have prevented the house of blues from leaking. They could have prevented these other tracks from leaking, but they didn't act but on it. Did. 
Yeah, uh, for, uh, Fernando was just too busy with other shit, I guess. But uh, well, with that, um, I think that's pretty much the same. The, the, the story. Is there anything that happened afterwards that we hadn't got to yet? Man. The tracks leaked. They yeah, the made their way leaked. to the internet. You know, like yeah, the tracks leaked, and uh, you know, it was like a. Did Fernando say anything to you about the leaks happening? Um, actually, let me check. I got okay. it. Uh, uh, let's see here. I've got a. Uh, let me look at my messages from him because I remember I, I know that we did discuss this. Uh. I, I, what I'm trying to get at is, is he, he knows that you obviously tried to warn him and he, did he ever respond at all to your initial warning prior to the leaks? All right. So, um, so anyway, I, I sent on him information about the, about the house of blues, uh, tell him that it was 8k that was, it was being sold for, um, that's all about the, you know, the meeting that's supposed to go down where the money's supposed to be exchanged and the files are supposed to be exchanged. So Fernando responds with what's his name and contact. And I don't mean to keep anything from the public. I just solely drive to keep making shit available for everyone and leaking a 2001 show will only hurt everyone. We progressed is his exact response to me. So I'll go on to tell him the identity of uh, the people I'm dealing with. Uh, and then I go on to tell him what other stuff is being offered to be sold to me at the time. And he says, well, I need He says, well, I need to get some people involved again, only for the control and uh, continue my mental forward. I, if I need to deal with leaks and such, as well as everything else, doesn't make much sense to continue to work while some fans continue to make it harder to move forward, you know? Uh, How long did he have from the time that you warned him to the time this stuff started popping up on the internet? Oh, dude, he had like a month. Okay, so he had time to take action. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I did uh, I did go on and I told him, I went on to tell him the details of everything. And like I said, I'm going to send you the screenshot of these tags. Uh, giving attention to people that, uh, that only look to hurt or damage the band is the issue we, we will always have. You know, uh, I don't really get it. But then, you know, he didn't really say anything else after that. Uh, well, he said, you can email me everything to Fernando at TeamBrazil.com. I sent him everybody's phone number. I sent him everybody, all the contact information and all the communications I had. So you them. hooked him up with a, a method of, of you know, like he could he could have... Like, nobody had to get in trouble here. He could have negotiated with these people. Everybody could have got their money back if they had any money in it. They could, you, you know. And this whole thing could have got shut down. Everybody would have got paid. And His last and, response to me in regards to the House of Blues, though, is, you know, because I told him that, uh, like I said, I told him that I did not want this to backfire on me. I did not want... I didn't want any trouble with this, you know, because all I am as a fan just trying to watch the shit, you know, but, and then Fernando's exact message to me was, I would never, ever burn the real fans. However, there are some dark people in the world. And with that, we're going to say to be continued because uh, Fernando and Rick are still friends after all of this. And, like it Fernando is said, he would never he would never do anything to hurt somebody trying to help the band. He would never go after the real fans here. And uh, so next week's episode is where it's going to get really, really fun and interesting. That's right, because next week it happens. Uh, Rick gets banned. And we're going to talk about everything that happened leading up to that moment. And we're even going to talk about uh, some of the aftermath. And I think maybe in about a year or so, we may do a part four with just what's happened since the aftermath and everything someday. But for now, uh, we're yeah, we, going... might be able to do, we might be able to do a part four at the end of September, bro. <laughs> we'll see what happens. 
Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we'll definitely have something good for September, I think. That well, we just- are because you're coming to uh, Jefferson City, and we're going to watch the return of Spinal Tap in the first in the first ever watch along episode of Band. Um, that's coming up. Well, it does happen in August, so yeah, that's coming up in August. So. Uh, let me tell you something, guys, if you're enjoying listening to band every Wednesday, uh, and you don't want to wait till Wednesday, we got some good news for you. You can go to gunsandradio.com and get each episode the day it drops. We record these on Saturday morning. So if you go now and you join us on uh, gunsandradio.com by next Saturday, especially if you're listening on Wednesday and you're like, wow, I didn't know this was an option. You can go ahead and hear the episode. Uh, how many days is that? Four? Yeah, yeah. four days before everybody else. So, uh, And you get to see the video. You get to see our beautiful faces, my messed up hair from where I literally rolled out of bed and started recording a podcast. And my awesome GNR jersey I'm wearing. Oh, yeah, that is an awesome jersey. I do like that. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be back next week with the final for now part of this trilogy of stories and how Rick got banned. Also, if you check the links in the description, you can get uh, access and find the Rick Dunsford t-shirt available for a limited time, the original Rick Dunsford t-shirt. And uh, I think you got a couple of other t-shirts getting ready to come out as well, don't you? Yeah. So. yeah we'll have a few, man. We'll put them up in the description. That's right. Be sure to check the link, follow Rick on all of his social media, and if you're a fan of this show and you want to hear more like it, check out the Guns and Radio podcast. Why not? Why not? What you got? I can do it. I can do it. But that's going to do it for this. Yeah, do it. (laughs) That's an old joke. Uh, That's going to do it for, uh, I'll tell you something before I sign off. If you ever listen to Guns and Radio and you hear the sound effect of uh, the little kid saying, holy shit, that's an old Rick joke also. Damn. <laughs> that's going to do it for this edition of the Guns and Radio. Uh-uh. That's going to do it for this edition of Band, the real life misadventures of Rick Dunsford and friends. Until next time, I'm Dustin Bones. And I'm Rick Dunsford. We'll Deuces. see you guys next week. Hopefully. See y'all next week. Nothing don't happen.